Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. I'm Colleen Witt. Join me, the host of Eating While Broke podcast, while I eat a meal created by self-made entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities over a meal they once ate when they were broke. Today, I have the lovely AJ Crimson, the official princess of Compton, Asia. Kidding, and Asia. This is The Professor. We're here on Eating While Broke, and today I'm going to break down my meal that got me through a time when I was broke. Listen to Eating While Broke on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking It, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, Nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. Meryl Streep said she forgot how to act during quarantine. Jay Johnston has been fired from Bob's Burgers for attending the Capitol riots. And we're talking to BuzzFeed's Nora Dominic about Spider-Man No Way Home. And yes, there will be spoilers. It's December 20th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. All right, so to kick things off, it turns out that, like most of us, Meryl Streep forgot how to do her job and just generally be a person during the pandemic. She talked to Entertainment Weekly about working on Don't Look Up, the first film she's done since COVID began, saying, quote, I found it really hard. I didn't feel funny in the lockdown. When I would come in to shoot my stuff, I'd get out of the car and hadn't spoken to anybody in three weeks. I'd walk into the stadium in Wooster, put on the wig and the nails and the suit, and make a speech to all these people. I just lost it. I forgot how to act. I forgot what I was about. It sort of dismantles your humanity to be isolated like that. She added that she got through it in part because of Jonah Hill, who, quote, kept us laughing. I mean, this is freaking relatable. I've forgotten how to do everything. Everything. But I'm also just like, this is Meryl Streep. (laughs) (laughs) The idea of her forgetting to act, I'm just like, if she forgets to act, what does that say about me forgetting to do my job? (laughs) I mean, truly, this podcast is the only thing that keeps my brain sharp. (laughs) (laughs) That's why saying something, Casey. (laughs) It is, though. But then the downside is I use all my mental energy during this, and then I try to talk to literally anyone after work, and it takes me so long to say sentences. (laughs) Just 
stop trying. Like, it's almost like the end of the year. Let's just give up. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I'm sure Meryl Streep forgetting how to act is still better acting than most people. Oh, yes. 100%. (laughs) The bar is so high. (laughs) All right. So in other news, Jay Johnston, who's voiced Jimmy Pesto Sr. on Bob's Burgers for the past 10 years, has been banned from the series after allegedly taking part in the January 6th Capitol riot. Though it hasn't been officially confirmed that he was there, Kathy Griffin, as well as some other comedians and actors who have worked with Jay, were tweeting out photos of a man at the riot who they say is Jay. Kathy wrote, quote, I know him. We all do. Folks from L.A. comedy scene, that is. That's Jay Johnston. He's a well-known comedic actor. I haven't seen him in many years, but knew him back in the day, since the late 90s. Mutuals say he's on the lam now. He was last heard on Bob's Burgers in an episode in May of this year. There's no word yet on whether a new actor will be brought in to replace him or if Jimmy Pesto Sr. is gone for good. Um, I mean, I haven't seen Bob's Burgers. I've seen like the one Christmas episode, but it's just crazy that there are people in Hollywood who were at the riots. I just... That something about that like just yeah. disconnects you know what? my that brain. That actually doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise <laughs> me. But what I do think is completely awesome is that people who've worked with him immediately were like called him out on Twitter. Like there was no no yes. shame they or were moment just like, of hes- I know him, hesitancy. I know him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, I know who that person is. But okay, so. I'm going to explain Jimmy Pesto Sr. to you, okay? He's basically Bob's enemy, and he owns an Italian restaurant across the street, and he's just such a little douche. He's just like, (laughs) he's just the freaking worst, but he's like, he's definitely fun to watch him go up against Bob. And, you know, you know, people are talking about like, who's going to replace him? Are they even going to replace him? And, you know, I've just been like thinking about different people, and I actually just think that probably the person they should replace him with is h john benjamin who voices bob himself and i think he should just be his own enemy and do it i mean he's a great voice actor although his voice acting is basically just his voice (laughs) so it'll be interesting seeing them go against each other but i was just trying to like think of like guys who could like kind of be like an annoying douche kind of thing and i do you know steve zahn Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. I thought I thought he'd be a really good one. Or like um Glenn Howerton, who plays Dennis on, on, on It's Always Sunny. Yes, also a good one. Yeah, I like so, all of these choices. Yeah, but um I, I just really love that we can all genuinely hate Jimmy Pesto Sr. with all of our hearts now. <laughs> Now we know. (laughs) All right. So moving on, Spider-Man No Way Home premiered this past weekend, marking the third installment of the current Spider-Man trilogy and the ninth Spider-Man movie since 2002. While this movie was definitely jam-packed with cameos and storylines from multiple films, it also begs the question, where can they possibly go from here? Today, we're talking with BuzzFeed's Nora Dominic about the future of Spider-Man. And just a heads up, this will be a spoiler-heavy conversation. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, you should probably skip this one. Hi, Nora. Welcome back. Thanks so much for having me. I love that you just live here now. Yeah, it's my it's my new home. It's my new home. Okay, so Spider-Man No Way Home. Speaking of home. Okay, sorry. Came out oh this weekend. I know. I'm sorry, okay? But I'm not taking it back. <laughs> it was there. Okay, so it's arguably Marvel's most important release since Avengers Endgame in terms of the larger story that the MCU is telling. What were your expectations going into it? And what was your reaction after seeing it? 
my expectations were high going in just about how <laughs> like overhyped it was like it was very hyped like right. it was it's been talked about for a while so my expectations were really high I would say they were met and I think the best way to describe my gut reaction is midway through the press screening I was crying so hard <laughs> that the woman to my left a total stranger silently passed me a tissue and goes you need and she goes you need this more than I do <laughs> oh, Nora. I was like great cool thank you thanks so much okay so we knew from the trailers that this movie would include villains from like all the different spider-man franchises but were there any appearances that still surprised you um I, <laughs> you, everyone uh, not- Nora just like grasped her heart <laughs> <laughs> There were so many. I know we'll talk about it later, but obviously, like, the Spider-Men, other mm-hmm. ones of them showing up, like Toby and Andrew, that was something where it was like, I was going to be disappointed if they didn't show up because we all kind of assumed they were, but it was still amazing to see them. And then obviously, finally tying Hawkeye's doing it too, but finally tying Daredevil into the MCU is mm. like huge. I loved that show on Netflix. It was so good. And I'm so glad it's finally being, you know, folded its way into this larger story as well. Yeah. So where would you like to see them like take this now that that's happened? I would love to see Matt Murdock be in it more. Um, I think it's so important. We're getting Kingpin and Hawkeye. So it's really great to see these actors that have like really loved those characters. And Marvel just wasn't at that time was not folding in the TV shows to the MCU. So it was almost like they were doing this very standalone thing. People loved it, but it's really great that they didn't recast or they didn't do anything like that. They knew these actors and the, and the fans loved them in these roles. So it's really nice. And I hope we start to see them sporadically. I would love to see them, you know, in their own movie if need be, but it's really great to see them pop up more and more. It is because, you know, it's not even just for the fans, too. It's like they deserve to do it. You know, like they originated it and it's them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like really nice because they were so standalone for so long. And now they're such a big part of the overall story. And it's so nice. Okay, so one of the things this movie also has that no other MCU movie has is Zendaya. Uh, You know, Marvel hasn't, of course, Marvel hasn't always been great at writing or centering its female characters, especially the non-super ones. So how did you feel like they did this time around? I think she's slowly become so important. And it was so funny looking back. I think Tom and Zendaya, they did an interview recently with Entertainment Weekly where they were like, I can't believe the biggest spoiler from the first movie was Zendaya's character name. (laughs) And like now thinking back, it's like that's literal nothing compared to all the spoilers they had to keep for this one. So it's really great to see her, you know, be more involved and not just like, like she's Peter's girlfriend in this, but that's so secondary to her role doing other things which is so nice to see i would love to see more women in general in the spider-man films i think that's still kind of lacking in that department comparatively to like all of the other you know marvel movies and shows where we're, we're getting a lot more female representation but it's been great to see what she's been able to do with this character and really put her own spin on it and i've just like i've enjoyed it for three movies now it's been so great yeah, I mean, it is. It's like you know, the movie is called Spider Man, whatever. But <laughs> no, but but the the point that she is like feels just as big as him feels so awesome. Yeah, it's like it's great, and I love that. Like she's a very standalone. I feel like in the previous Spider Man movies, like 
it was basically like MJ was Peter's girlfriend and that was mm. the extent of it, especially the Toby Maguire one with Kirsten Dunst. Um, but now I think it's more so like MJ is a character and then she's Peter's girlfriend, which is really nice. Mm. Which is how it is in real life. All right. We'll be right back with more from Nora Dominic. SheFit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes, reveal the truth behind the legendary game True American, and discuss how the show got made with the writers, guest stars, and directors who made the show so special. Fans have been begging us to do a New Girl recap for years, and we finally made a podcast where we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, each week you'll hear hilarious stories like this. At the end when he says, you got some Schmidt on your face, I feel like I pitched that joke. I believe that. Whoa. I feel like I did. I'm not a thousand percent. I want to say that was, I, I, I tossed that one out. Listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Lethal listeners. Tig here. Last season on Lethal Lit, you might remember I came to Hollow Falls on a mission. Clearing my Aunt Beth's name and making sure justice was finally served. But I hadn't counted on a rash of new murderers tearing apart the town. My mission put myself and my friends in danger. Though it wasn't all bad. I'm gonna be real with you, Tig. I like you. But now, all signs point to a new serial killer in Hollow Falls. If this game is just starting, you better believe I'm gonna win. I'm Tig Torres. And this is Lethal Lit. Catch up on season one of the hit murder mystery podcast, Lethal Lit, a Tig Torres mystery, out now. And then tune in for all new thrills in season two, dropping weekly starting February 9th. Subscribe now to never miss an episode. Listen to Lethal Lit on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with BuzzFeed's Nora Dominic about Spider-Man No Way Home. All right, so now it's time to talk about the Spider-Men, the three of them to be exact. So Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield both appear in this movie as multiversal Peter Parkers. Do you feel like this was just fan service, like you mentioned people were expecting, or or did it like actually help tell the story? I think they did. it did not. What was really nice is it didn't feel like an overblown cameo, mm. which I think was so important. So it was very fan service obviously. Like, it's so great to see the three of them on screen together. It's something we've never seen before, and it's so nice. But it actually really tied very nicely into Tom's Peter's story and him, like, learning from these past Peter's mistakes. So I think they did a really good job of it not just being like, oh, my God, there's Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. <laughs> 
was crazy. <laughs> um, I think it like it really lent itself to the story they were telling. And then like we were pointing out, this movie is so big for the broader MCU scope. And it really, I think it's the first time we've really had tangible, like the multiverse exists and we as an audience have experienced it. Mm. Um, so I think it really worked and I think they did a really good job in tying it in. And so it not only gets a massive applause in the theater, but it's like very important to the overall film. Okay. But like, you've got three Peter Parkers in one movie. So who's the best Spider-Man? I mean, or <laughs> What is each Spider-Man the best at? I mean, I'm assuming they're all bringing something a little bit different to the table. Yeah, it was so great seeing how they're still playing such different Peter Parkers. I mean, my favorite Peter is Tom Holland's. I think I was a little too young during Tobey Maguire. Like, I'd seen the movies, but I was a little young. And then Andrew Garfield's movies as movies weren't that great, but I did love him. But Tom has done such a good job. So he's always my favorite Peter. He has the most heart. He has the most heart. It's like, it's so great. And it's so nice to see like a younger kid play Peter. Like Tom is now, Tom's 25, but it's like so great to see like the younger version. So he's always my favorite. But what I did love in this movie is like, it was like Andrew Garfield was having so much fun and you could tell (laughs) he was just having the time of his life. And his trilogy was infamously cut short. They never did a third one. So he was supposed to have a third movie and they just never got there and they never thought it was necessary. So it was really nice for him to get closure of his character. It was great to see Toby as kind of like the older, wiser <laughs> Peter. Um, and he's just kind of like, yeah, I've been through this or whatever. Like he literally shows up in the movie in a sweater and Andrew Garfield's like, are you going to stay looking like a retired youth pastor this whole time (laughs) and then there's like a whole running joke about like his back is bothering him because he's been spider-manning for all these years (laughs) okay that sounds like that makes me sad though i know there's this is live action but it makes me really want jake johnson's uh, spider-man to be there because he seems like he'd really get along he'd get along with toby's literally before this movie i was like toby and andrew would be great but if jake johnson shows up in this movie i would lose my mind Oh, now I have a new dream. I love it. Yeah. Hey, maybe, maybe in the next animated Spider-Man, they'll have the, they'll bring them on as voices. They honestly should. That would they be honestly super great. Would be really cool. Be yeah, so get good. Tom Holland in there too. Oh, oh he'd god, be thrilled. Okay, so while this movie is obviously very fun on its own, it's still very much a part of the larger MCU story. You know, it's loaded with references and callbacks to previous films, including wholly separate Spider-Man franchises. So, do you think we're reaching a point with these Marvel movies where you have to have seen the previous movies to understand what the hell is going on? I think more and more it's getting to the point where it's like, you need to keep up, but you're not going to miss the overarching, like, you're not going to be totally confused. I think we still hit a point where it's like, like, I get all of these little references and callbacks, and then I get, like, like, oh my, like, there was a moment in Spider-Man No Way Home where I'm like, oh my God, that connects. There was a lot, like, Florence Pugh dropped a line in last week's Hawkeye, and now this relates. This is crazy. Whoa. So, like, I get those little things, but it's yeah. not like somebody that doesn't wouldn't enjoy the whole movie. Now I'm just thinking of my mom when she'd go see every Harry Potter movie with me to, like, support me, but she hadn't read any of the books, and she would just be like, she'd be like, in the movie theater, she'd be like, is that Voldemort? And I'd be like, and I'd be like, no. that's Dobby (laughs) all right so talking about the ending of this movie which is a little bit of a downer um 
Peter Parker is left completely by himself with no friends or family that even know he exists. Why do you think they ended the character here? <laughs> Shyla is breaking down right now. <laughs> this is too much emotion for her. I am literally going to cry again. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, what's even left for Tom Holland's Peter Parker? I'm going to be so mad if this is how we leave Tom Holland's Peter Parker. I'm going to be devastated. Um, there's already rumors that they're trying to get a fourth Spider-Man. Um, I, if anybody they could do better. it, I think, yeah, <laughs> if anybody could get them, it can get Sony to keep lending Spider-Man out to the MCU. It's going to be Kevin Feige. We know it's mm. probably, I would love to see it happen. I know Tom has said, like, I don't want to be playing this character into my thirties. That's not who Spider-Man is, but I definitely think they ended it in a way where we need i need more like like you said yeah, I'm like saying, i'm saying like i trust you with mcu so if you're telling me this is not where we should end then i believe that like you know kevin feige also believes that yeah i'm gonna be like devastated because like shyla said like he has no family anymore no one knows who he, no one remembers who he is sweet mj and ned are going off to mit without him and it's just like it's just like a heartbreaking note to end on and so i would love to see more and again like the end of the movie not only opens up more for tom holland's spider-man but the two post-credit scenes are massive for the mcu in general Mm. so i definitely think while it's a good standalone movie it also is a launching pad to so many great things okay so i know that obviously you know thanos and the snap and and now we have thanos's brother and harry styles and i'm just my question is Will, like, could this be reversed? (laughs) I, so I would hope, like, I just, like, I would hope, I would hope we find, I mean, Doctor Strange could do some magic again. There's people that aren't on Earth that might still know who Peter Parker is because everybody on Earth has forgotten who he is. But does that mean somebody in space remembers him? Um, (laughs) I love loopholes. Um, I also think part of this, I don't know if it'll be reversed right away, but Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is obviously going to screw everything up Mm. again tenfold. So who knows, after that movie, we could get some more clarity on the whole Peter Parker of it all. But what's interesting to me, actually, is it's the through line of everybody forgetting Peter Parker because for Hawkeye, Haley Steinfeld has been talking, everybody's been asking her, like, oh, Hawkeye set in New York. Do you think she'll meet Peter Parker? And she's been like, who? And playing it very coy. But, like, now we know, like, she definitely does not know who (gasps) this kid is. That's so funny. Yeah. So, like, I'm very curious as the greater scheme of it all um, and how it'll affect everything going forward, too. Damn. All right. Well, Nora, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, even Meryl Streep forgot how to be a person during COVID. So don't beat yourself up if you did too. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go for your podcasts. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of the biggest stories on BuzzFeed coming to you daily. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay!
Sports. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Paris Hilton, and this is Trapped in Treatment, a weekly podcast of shocking survivor experiences and stories from an industry plagued by controversy. With my hosts, Caroline Cole and Rebecca Mellinger, we will uncover the truth of one teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.